I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking world Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Today's match week. I do my days in match weeks now, Patrick. That's how dedicated I am. Today is match week 29. Uh... Lesser, secondary of importance, March. We're recording on Monday. We're recording on Monday, March 14th. And Patrick, I have a new Dixon's rule for you. Oh, great. Yeah. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Very excited. Anytime someone gives a take on Cristiano Ronaldo, they have to address his proper noun as all-time leading goal scorer in football history, Cristiano Ronaldo. And I think that'll help us as a collective take society from flying off the handle as much in the Ronaldo media cycle. The Ronaldo media cycle is, I mean... It works overtime. It's incredible. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. I mean, the the um, the team at Old Trafford has, has, has earned it this year. They've earned the attention. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, yeah, yeah. If there's a, if there's a ten car, well, I guess eleven car pile up on the highway and it's lit up on fire, you're gonna stop and take a look. Right, right. And just because one of those cars is a Ferrari doesn't mean it's not a eleven car pile up. And man, I was um, how jacked up were you on that? You know, the Ronaldo Hatcher. What was what was the what was the kind of the feeling that you were getting? Not like obviously you're feeling good, but. Did it mean more to you than winning that game? Did it mean more to you than was it a bigger moment? You know what's you know what's really funny, Patrick. Um, I was at the Lakers game on Friday, sick brag, and uh, LeBron dropped fifty, and I was like, I was comparing it to Ronaldo and and United because they're in latter stages of their careers, but LeBron mm. still took over and like had an insane game, and I was like, huh. You don't get that in football. You don't, you can't have someone take over games. It just doesn't work like that. And I was kind of comparing it to why Ronaldo still can't like make too much of an impact on on the team. And then he goes and does what he does against Spurs. And to me, to bring it back, Patrick, it was a team that was trying to lose to Spurs. I think you take away Ronaldo. Like that game was about one man who just had the bit between his teeth and would not accept anything other than a win. But, like, we sure as shit tried to lose that game when you go back and think about it. And I don't want to get too far into the details of this, but uh, Fred had a good game and, you know, Tellus has had a good game. But as a collective, we were still sloppy. It was still the same old United, and we just happened to win 3-2 that day because Spurs was, I think, you know, if, if we were to sum up Spurs, if Son and Kane don't have a good day, you're in trouble. And how long has that been the story of Spurs? So... Right. That right. was that was my takeaway from Saturday. It was one man taking over the game, which you don't really see in football. It was crazy. No. And then the the following day, Tom Brady announces he's unretired. Tom Brady, yeah. who's at Old Trafford. It's hard yeah. not to draw the link, James. Well, it's hard not to draw the link. I don't know if you saw the video, Patrick, but they were I out did. on the field. Ronaldo, you know, you can kind of pick it up on the muffled mic of him saying, so you're done, right? 
And Brady does the most unconvincing. Yeah, he does the yep. face. It can only be described as the face where it's like, you know, he's like, hey, did you clog that toilet? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain is trying to think of anything possibly to say other than no. Yeah, that's my that's my big yeah. stinky turd in there. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, Brady knew the cameras were on him and the announcement was no no longer than 24 hours later. So, links to be drawn. Whether his decision three, was three, made. Three goats in, in successive days with the big moves. Yeah, it was... Um, I mean, it's, it's a tough... It's, it's, a funny, it's a funny game. I feel like United have won... You know, United have done a lot kind of going against themselves um, in a, you know, cruel twist of fate. Probably, you know, Maguire gets the own goal for all of his things that he's done this year. That's probably one of the things that's like least his fault. Uh, but it was a tough game to sort out. Really thought we were headed to a draw there, but yeah, Ronaldo, mm-hmm. Ronaldo just put the team on his back, and yeah, you Son, did call it Son was off. Son was Son was big. Son off. was off, slipping was everywhere. Off time. Someone's got to call the groundskeeper at Old Trafford and get him to do his job, or mm. the boot man. Oh, so the, ground, the groundskeeper's on the hot seat. It's either the grounds creeper or the boot man because Son couldn't keep, stay on his feet. He's just slipping and sliding all over the place. In, the theater, in pivotal moments as it's well. It's a theater of dreams for a reason, Patrick. I feel like he lost two counterattack possibilities due to slippage. Mm-hmm. One pass was behind him, so. It was still a slippage. <laughs> That's, these are I the mean, things I'm looking for, hey, James. Patrick, Fred, Fred talks to the groundsman every day, and he describes exactly how he likes his pitch. You take you, you you look at Fred's boots. He's got like high heels of cleats just to get dug in and just really put in a shift in the midfield, which he did that day. Uh, he did that day. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is Fred in a nutshell, right? Oh my God! And the the assist that he had on on Ronaldo's first was class. Uh, mm-hmm. But but you, you said before the game, James, this was a winner or a, a a loser goes home. Loser leaves town. Loser leaves town. Is it done for Spurs? I think so. Champions League hopes. We're talking. Yes. I think it's done. I think it's done for them. Patrick, we were riffing the idea of creating something on Prem to the Prem called the Spursy meter, where like mm-hmm. on the far left side, you've got them losing to Burnley four days after beating City away. And, oh, then, yeah. on the, and then on the far right side, you've got, you know, the comeback against Ajax to take him to the Champions League final or whatever. But yeah. they are leaning too far left on the Spursy Kings meter this season. Is a little um, bit there. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the, 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 the bottleometer? What do you want to call it that? I like the bottleometer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big and then fan we of can that. working title. And, yeah, and we can um, repurpose it for uh, for teams that have a, a tendency to bottle. And I think that there's there's more teams than just Spurs right now. Leicester first to mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Arsenal. Hopefully mm-hmm. they don't get added to the list by the end of the year. Yeah, you Manchester would hope. United's got a case a case hope. to be made. Maybe even Man City. Who's to say? Well, wow. So many, so many potential plot lines here, but we'll close it on this, um, this, this, this United Spurs chapter. I, I, I have Spurs out of the race. Let me pull up my, let me put up my nifty little table here. They're down in eighth. Um, you know, played one more than Arsenal, albeit two games in hand on United, but they're five points off the pace, and you can't. You can't bet on Spurs, Patrick. You can't bet no. on Spurs because you don't know which team you're going to get, and that's not the kind of team that gets you into top four. Um, the last thing I will say on my little Dick Dixon's take, 
I really think this has some credence to it because they say 99% of bad takes have happened less than three seconds between inception in the brain and spoken word. And I might have been guilty of this when I said, you know, we're shit with him and we're shit without him. As a collective team, I don't think that's completely invalid, but he's proven he still has that power. So it was, it was, it was ill timing for me to bring it up. And then there are other examples you could use like, I don't think all-time leading goal scorer in footballing history, Cristiano Ronaldo, is our best option at striker. And then you kind of like, oh, you let you let it sink in for a bit, and you're like, well, maybe, maybe we trot him out at number nine again. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Because you let the sentence, the gravity of the sentence, sink in. <laughs> I think that the the sentiment is like you're the most reliable thing that Manchester United has going for it right now is pure chance. It's the most reliable thing Manchester United had. And when a chance presents itself, however it might happen, because we're not to, we're not going to know when, how frequent, you want it falling to a guy who's just going to do what he's going to be able to do. Uh, when United's clicking, I imagine he fits in there. That might uh, be a hell, that might be the take of the season, Patrick. What? The most reliable thing going for Man United is is luck. Well, just like the existence of luck, not luck going their way. Right. Like that's like yeah, there will be the a most stroke. reliable thing. Is, yeah, there is will be a stroke, stroke of, of luck. luck. Understood. Yeah, that Understood. is influential in a, in, in a lot of what happens at Manchester United uh-huh. right now. So Yeah. I mean, I can't even deny. Yeah, he's in the team of the season for me. Yeah. Manchester United luck. Yeah, I mean, it it's always when you start to turn on him or when you start to doubt him the most, he'll He'll put in a game like that. He loves so. a big game. He loves a big game. He loves a big moment. Well, any, any predictions midweek? Because I that's expect the, to see I mean, him then. Yeah, we're 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 exactly on the same wavelength there, Patrick. I can't remember too many times he's done it back to back in the Champions League. Yes, but sort of match fixture wise, how's this thirty-seven-year-old machine kind of going to go from you know being the man of the moment on Saturday to? It was our most important game of the season on Saturday, and Tuesday is now our next. It is also now the most important game of the season against Atletico and a team he hates if the team he hates Patrick has an ability to just bury and has done it many times I was thinking this earlier and I know it's weird to say I think if the fans are in top voice and top form I think we I think the players will will answer the bell and get us come down to Ronaldo again is he (sighs) is he going to be what tilts the scale for you hmm no, I think it's setting up the team. I think this actually has to be on Rangnick and how he sets up a team, knowing how Atletico played. Because I think Atletico play will play the same way. I think they'll be organized and let us have the ball. But the element of surprise is gone because they bamboozled us in the first leg and we, we got out of town with a 1-1 draw. I think they're going to try and do the same thing, and it's how we counter that. I think it's going to yep. be more of a team effort. I think Ronaldo will have a part to play, but I don't think it's going to be the, uh, the hat trick show. Yeah, and of course the the course the um, the interesting wrinkle is that away goals are now irrelevant. So Atletico can they don't have to go get that goal. They can play the game that they want to play uh, at Old Trafford yeah, and sit like back. The Luis the Luis Suarez dick punch in the seventy fifth minute off like <laughs> a off a dubious handball goal. That's not going to be like a killer that it would have right. been in years past. Right, and then the um, yeah, but also there's. I'm I'm expecting shithousery and time wasting no later than 15 minutes in from Atletico <laughs> if it's still zero zero. I think that they're gonna get they're gonna try and get right up under that skin, frustrate the crowd, frustrate the team. 
It's going to be a fun one. They... Chelsea, Chelsea have an interesting one at Lille, but I think they'll they'll take care of business. If they can that's get the, there. That's the Premier League action this week. Yeah. Last thing I'll say, Patrick, uh, I was thinking about the Mourinho three rant. You know, it came up last episode. It's at the, it's at the start of our pod, I just remembered. Oh, that's um, true. Winning more Premier Leagues than the other managers combined and how he knew he had to squeeze that in the space of that. That one season one was the season. only time he could say it. I'm yep. start. I'm now, Patrick. I'm, I'm facing my own mortality. Our showdown with Atletico tomorrow. It could be, depending on the result, the last time we can say we're better than Arsenal. You know, forever. it's like it, right forever because it's like, well, we're in the Champions League. Wouldn't you like to know what that feels like? Mm-hmm. And then uh, that could all change. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, you're ahead of us on the table. So. You're let's, both out of the FA Cup due let's to just say I'm unforeseen circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Due to uh, lack of scouting in the championship. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a big one for United. Um, I can say I wish you luck. I don't want you to win the Champions League, but I don't mind if you win the round of 16. So I'm rooting for your mental health. Go get one. Lose mm-hmm. the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. to Liverpool. That'd be nice. Yeah. I, well, let's get into this, Patrick. I am praying to the football gods we get a Liverpool City quarterfinals in the Champions yeah. League. Like, let's let's double down, and they'll probably play, get this, they'll probably play around the same time All right. that uh, Liverpool is playing City at the Etihad. So they have three massive games against each other. In a right. short window. That would right. be great. It's incredible. Yeah, April 10th. I, I have to imagine at least the second leg might be right around there. So exciting times there. But Patrick, I feel like a guy, pop, like an, a slightly rotund man, just popping out the buttons of a dress shirt that doesn't fit him anymore, trying to say that City are still the clear favorites for the title. Like yeah. this, this take is just bursting out of my body. James. The way Liverpool's putting the pressure on. What I tell you, we play hard to get, and those little those little weasels come crawling on back, and we got ourselves a title race. It's about the long Pep. game. <laughs> Pep it's goes the long the weasel. Game. Yeah, yeah. Some say Mason Mount wouldn't be as good as he is today if not for me. Mm-hmm. Some and say he's that. just yeah, next level and just absorbing takes that he wasn't even aware of. It's that subconscious play that separates the good from the great. Who, who's to say? I think we got more than three downloads in the UK, so mm-hmm. it could be mm-hmm. him. That's, almost double, could be that's him. almost double digits. Patrick, almost. if you were to describe if you were to describe Pep's downside as a manager in one word, what would it be? I'll give you a hint. KFC named a sandwich after him. <laughs> the double down? Um, no. The double down, baby. Two chicken breasts in between a sandwich based on a chicken breast. He's a stubborn man, Patrick. He's a stubborn man. Nil-nil against Crystal Palace. <laughs> That's two words, James. What? I'm not giving you that as one word. It's a phrase. Okay, all right. Well, word, phrase, phrase, potato, potato. Um, little stat attack for you. Instances of making zero subs in a Premier League, ga- Premier League game since Project Restart, June of 2020. Six managers have not made a single sub once. Sean Deitch has done it twice, probably because he named just like an 11-man squad. Yeah, just forgot Sean, the rest. Yep, yep, Burnley doing Burnley things. Pep, four times. 
four times with the squad of City's caliber, he has not made a substitution. Now, I don't know how many of those ended up being wins, losses, draws. But today, you got to be wondering if you're Raheem Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, or Ilkay Gundogan, what, what, what would be going through your head if mm-hmm. uh, you're waiting to come on, you know, game changes in their own right, and then Pep's boys see out a, uh, a frustrating nil-nil night at Selhurst Park? I mean, we've known we've known Pep to tinker a little bit too much. Not tinkering is a form of tinkering, and Ooh, you, you would wow. like to see you would like to see him make a decision. The most tinkerest of all. Yes, of course. Um, again, another you know passenger, let it go. You could just apply it to every situation. Um, so, <laughs> let, no, Pep let, is, okay. Yeah, let it go for the let her, let her go. Yes, which would be your starting lineup and get somebody else into the game. But, hey, we are now um, City, four points clear, but Liverpool with a game in hand. Uh, so we'll know a lot more Wednesday when Liverpool come uh, to the Emirates and we, we, we see well, how that thing shapes up. But with a game at the Etihad between Liverpool and Man City still to play, it's game on. City have shown the weakness. Pep has been you know, known to... To complicate things unnecessarily, and I don't want to say this mm. is a non-winning formula, mm. James, but these are the types of things that uh, you know one decision does not make a manager or a season or you know an indication of whether or not they'll be champions or not. But we've seen him in the Champions League do a little bit too much. We got he's got nine games yeah. left to play. He's yeah. got big games left to play. What's what this on the fixture? What's this on the fixture list? Champions League final. Uh, Rodri, why don't you take a seat? I know I've been playing you all season. Yeah, well, keep them off balance. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, let's just to um, to recap. If you want to look at um, cities, cities run in. Um, they really they do have still for me the better run in. They host Liverpool, and then you know of the teams that you'd say are they good teams based on looking at the table, right? We'd be we'd be talking about West Ham and Wolves. Is the rest of is the rest of their challenge? Liverpool a little bit tougher of a road. They have uh, they have Arsenal, of course, that game um, against City. Then they also have mm-hmm. uh, you know Tottenham sprinkled in there along with Wolves. And so there's other games you would expect the both of them at this point just to win out, or maybe they drop points here and there. City still the favorite for me, James. But it's um, I'm glad <sighs> we got another title fine. race. Yeah, I'm glad we got a proper race and the pressure's on because that's what we that's what that's what we need. There we is need. nothing like a title decider in April. And I feel like it's close enough to the end that the winner narrative would dictate the winner of that game goes on to win the title with like you know six six or seven to play. Yeah, most likely. Most yeah, you likely. know what a, you know what a slight shame is though, Patrick, on City's schedule. Uh, they play Leeds as their fourth to last game. I, I I was wishing for a scenario where they would play Leeds on the final day, and they just already knew they had to like score ten goals to make up goal difference. And oh, people, right. yeah, like genuinely thinking they could hit ten on leads <laughs> in any given day. Well, Liverpool right now, as it stands, and usually the the, the final match week fixtures don't change. Um, so Liverpool is yeah, they is, all play at the same time, don't they? Yeah, um, Liverpool has Wolves on the final match week. City has City has Villa. Mm-hmm. They could put a bunch past Villa at the Etihad if they needed to. Mm-hmm. They absolutely could because mm-hmm. Villa will likely have nothing meaningful to play for. Yeah. Well, in that game. as as Bernardo Silva said um, 
with his body language very much so deceiving this quote. He said he'd still rather be City than Liverpool. And that is technically accurate. But it's the title race. <laughs> it's in both of their hands, which is the amazing part about this, as things stand, because City, or sorry, Liverpool, four, four points back, one more game to be played, and then the six-pointer at the Etihad. It is, um, it is quite literally, literally destiny split down the middle. They can make of it yeah, what they I mean, wish. Five five losses between the two of them right now. You'd say we're the mm. adversaries in a title race. And so we should have a good, proper title race, good, proper race mm. for the European mm-hmm. places. And now it's looking like a good relegation battle, James. So this was, this is all we could ask for. All we got we a season. In terms of competitiveness. We yeah. got a season on yeah. our hands. Everything mm-hmm. to play fun. for. And I mean everything. Unless Patrick. you're something. Right. Unless you are dead in the middle in which place respect but you know mm-hmm. no one's why watching you, your games yeah why don't you take the rest of the night off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we should probably talk about chelsea oh yeah yeah third place we for now. should probably talk about chelsea shit hit the fan patrick <laughs> Shit, things got a little bit crazy last night. Things got a little out of hand. Yeah, they're going through the text they sent. Oh, want that one back. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a really unprecedented way, leading Chelsea fans to the sternest test they've had yet of separating the art from the artist. Mm -hmm. A real complicated relationship with their owner, Roman Abramovich, because in a footballing sense, he is the club's champion and savior. You know, an idyllic owner puts winning above everything, gets players no matter the price, change the course of their history, uh, uh, you know, take away the fact that he's saddled up with a megalomaniac authoritarian. But I'm not talking about his relationship with Joel Glazer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you knew he was one of Putin's cronies, too. He'll be here. Yeah, Joel Glazer is Putin's crony. Let's get that trending. <laughs> get him out of the club. How good are you at Photoshop? Let's put it to the test. Oh my god! Yeah, there it is. That's a that's a that's a campaign right there. Wow. Have at it. Have at it. Hashtag Glazers were there too. <laughs> Just Photoshop them into like the Treaty of Versailles in 1940, standing next to. We just need someone. We need. We need Stalin. A, an illustrator that has like, yeah, Stalin in a Russian nest and doll, then Putin, then Abramovich, mm-hmm. and Glazer mm-hmm. to show the inner belly. Of the beast. it's a real always sunny uh, Charlie with the yarn meme. <laughs> it's like yeah, 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 a little Peppa Sylvia trying to <laughs> trying to connect the dots. <laughs> well, Prem little Prem, always facts first podcast. Patrick, uh, last Thursday. The asset freeze and the travel ban imposed on Abramovich, Chelsea's owner, for, quote, association with a person who is or has been involved in destabilizing Ukraine. (laughs) Yeah, that's one way to say it. Yeah, it's like um, you you think it's going to be like is or has been involved with like money laundering or something that's very white collar. They're just like destabilizing a sovereign country. (laughs) And yeah, I'm, I'm. you know, certainly not laughing at the... Uh, Can't be making light of that. Can't, the situation. But, but yeah, like the... Uh, you're going to freeze all the assets and then freeze it that politically. I guess there's probably some legal ramifications that you have to, you know, you have to speak in those vague type of terms. But, mm-hmm. uh, it it's, is? yeah, it was interesting to me that they chose to walk on eggshells. But, hey, James, that's, um, that's sports washing for you. 
It is yeah. all around us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we do need to have a little referendum at some point of, uh, you know, ownership and what it means and to these football clubs. Because obviously, while Abramovich is not going to be able to make any money or benefit financially in any way from the club, which would, in a way, basically shut Chelsea down, they got given a, uh, well, I forget what it was called exactly, but a cultural exemption from the UK government. So... There's a whole lot of mental gymnastics going on here yeah. about like how we're punishing Abramovich, but making sure Chelsea as a cultural institution can keep playing. And then what, when you touched on like ownership of clubs, they brought up to Eddie Howe how like the Saudi Arabian government just approved the beheading or like execution of mass execution, yeah, eighty people. And Eddie Howe's like, Jesus Christ! Like you're not going to ask me about Dan Byrne, you know? <laughs> yeah, they have such an impossible. Was, I'll yeah. stick to football. I mean, rightfully so. And, and shout out Tuchel for having to serve as a geopolitics diplomat and like not doing a terrible job of it too, you know? Well, here's like here's the thing because there's, you know, I think that the it's not our job to enforce kind of this morality line or maybe if it's even past a morality line. I don't know what it is. But it's clearly, maybe the reason I don't know what it is is because it's clearly been grayed through, you know, these institutions are allowed but i i think that um i don't have any problem with these these questions being asked of of the coaches right if there's if there's going to be this um accountability held towards um ownership and what that means which clearly is a blurred line from Mm -hmm. is it the fa that determines it i don't know who even determines owner eligibility i know there's a big thing with uh you know, Mike Ashley, a new cat, like just, yeah. he had to get it I through know. some body. But I, I honestly don't know. I do know the UK government needs to approve the new buyer of Chelsea. Isn't that because they now have the, effectively they've frozen the assets, so they effectively own Chelsea? Yeah, it's Boris. We're on Boris time. Oh my God. Uh, well, <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> when a Groucho Marx looking fella shows up and we can't find Boris Johnson when the purchase goes through. <laughs> just just call me call me a skeptic, James. Patrick, I think you and I I don't know why we need to be stacked on top of each other in a trench coat like an old cartoon, but that's how I picture us walking in and convincing Boris Johnson to let us be the two who take over Chelsea. I think he'd be yeah. I think he'd be swayed by that. Yeah, so I do think there's a little bit of a victim complex with um we'll call we'll call it Chelsea supporters right now, right? Uh you got all the good that came with it. I think mm-hmm. that you're, you know, you put, you put your thinking hat on. You'll probably, you'll probably say, okay, this is a, you know, whatever the sanctions are, whatever it might be, football pales of comparison. And you know, I've got to, you know, uh, you know, ride with, ride with this for a bit. But also, I'm not really feeling any sympathy towards Chelsea because I don't think they're going to be in that bad of shape. Going forward, no, they're just another gonna, rich just... person's going to buy the club. They're set up as well as anybody. If they need to clear the yeah. books, they've got a lot of assets to get rid of. They yeah. got Billy Gilmore and Connor Gallagher out on loan. They can call back in for cheap. They can get Lukaku and his wages off. They can get Werner and his wages off, and they got this great young team with a great manager. So, Patrick, we're going to get into. We're going to get not into, feeling any yeah. sympathy towards Chelsea. It's a great point. Um, we're going to get into the immediate sanctions at some point, which are objectively hilarious. Um, Facts. <laughs> Have fun getting the Lille boys. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> we'll get there. But in the short term, 
they're just going to get bought by another billionaire owner. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it, it's, it's a weird. Chelsea? It's yeah, buyers lining that up level out the of, door. Yeah, it's a weird moment of transition. And yes, like we go back to how we started with the separating the art from the artist joke. Abramovich, good owner in the footballing sense, but you have to look at the bigger picture here and understand that it's not about the football club. Yeah. And I think what we're going to... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. You go. I was going to say, if we're going to accept that sports washing is... Right, because if we say, you know, shame on you, Chelsea, this is unacceptable, this should never have been allowed to happen, yada, yada, yada... We got a lot of things to talk about, you know? And so if we're just going to accept that we live in a world where to get that level of money, there's probably something not so great going on, right? Your probably best case scenario is like if you reach greedy and profit-driven capitalism. That's your best case scenario. Right. You know? And those are are the bad owners. (laughs) Those are like the glazers of the world, I would assume. And then you've got the the other extreme. Sure. Uh, and then I think that with with what it's going to take to compete, the days of you know the fan fan owned or the 50, 50 plus one uh, owned clubs competing at the highest level are likely behind us. And so you know a club like uh, you know Leicester City and it seems like Villa is is well run as well. Like there's there's these clubs that I think are less, just you know if you can find that healthy relationship of someone who is you know a little bit on that side, great, but really start unpacking not just ownership, but uh, all the corporations that are involved and the sponsorships. You, you go down these rabbit holes, uh, it's going to get ugly real quick. Yeah. And so if you just accept that that's part of the world that we live in, right or wrong, and that we're going to allow these types of people in the atmosphere, I think that then you have to say, okay, when you know something, you know, there's, there's a mutual line that we got as a society and you know, invading a sovereign nation crosses just about all of ours. So once that happens, I think you just got to say, okay. That's, that's where know. Prem de la Prem draws the line, Patrick. <laughs> we draw the line at, at invading a sovereign nation. Uh, if you have any questions about our other lines, please talk to us. But that is that is a, that is a bridge too far for me, James. Mm. And you as well. I stand and, with and, you. Yeah, brave. Yet again, James, brave. Um, yeah, jealousy fans, deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. It is what it is. But Enjoy at the same trophies. time, you know, you know, as much as we as much as we give Chelsea that end of the stick, at the same time, I don't think we should be acting all high and mighty comparative fan to fan. Like No. Yeah, there are there are lots of things you can say about Chelsea, don't get me wrong, but it's not like oh, look at these these absolute scumbags for supporting this team that they love. You know, that's where on the other end of things, you got to understand we're all, we are all complicit together as football Mm -hmm. fans of the Premier League. Yeah. And we're just going to have to make our peace with that. Man City fans are like the the Homer Simpson into the Bush meme right now. Right. We're trying to get off the, the difference is Patrick, you and I, we didn't, we didn't invade Ukraine. Carl did. So. Facts. So, and also, I mean, like at the end of the day, you know, we're, we fall, we fall in love with the club. And I think, you know, obviously you, you, it is tough to, to, to do it. But I think like probably a lot of Chelsea fans uh, identify with many parts of Roman Abramovich. He loves the club. He's willing to do anything for the club. He holds the club to high standard. And, you know, in the end, right. He didn't hold the club hostage. I think there's a million reasons why he wouldn't 
and just wants to get the hell out of Dodge. Right. But it's like, it's, let's wrap know, this up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's an altruistic thing for him. No. Uh, but he certainly could have done it, right? And so I think there are there are things out there for Chelsea fans to say, you know, this guy was is Chelsea first, and it is hard to, to make that distinction, especially with something you love so much. So, yeah. fan to um, fan, um, yeah, high and mighty, not okay, laughing, uncontrollably, let's, totally fine. <laughs> Let's get in. Let's get into some of these more granular sanctions. And I do want to say first off, um, if you guys haven't realized already, our way, Patrick and and, and my way of dealing with these heinous uh, world events is to laugh about it. That's just kind of our coping mechanism. So hopefully, mm-hmm. everyone's kind of on board with that, and we're holding hands with that as we as we continue. Yeah, yeah. There's there's other outlets for different for this topic. That mm-hmm. might, that might um, connect better. If you wanted a sound debate on the state of the world, subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> okay, Patrick. <laughs> a number of the club's sponsors. <laughs> Conspiracy Pod's about to take off. A number of the club's sponsors, including Hyundai, Nike, and, and three. <laughs> They've all suspended their deals with Chelsea following the announcement of the sanctions. Dropped them like flies. I don't think that's a thing. But anyway, so you might have noticed, Patrick, against Newcastle, they were still wearing those shirts. I was very curious to see how they were going to rock up to uh, Stamford Bridge. But it turns out, according to the kit man, they don't have the money to print non-branded shirts. So they're (laughs) (laughs) What a world. (laughs) <laughs> Their assets are frozen, so they can't commission the purchases of these non-branded shirts. So they're going to rock with the branded shirts until one of these sponsors like steps it up to like legal action. It's a crazy world we live in. It's getting to the point where the the three is that is that the name of the company? Three? Yeah, three. I think it's like a mobile provider in the yeah, UK. So three is going to have to pay for non-branded shirts to get out of this. Should they just tape up the sides and make it eight? It's like, what's your sponsor? Oh, it's eight. Yeah, what, what do they do? Shout out Lampard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a Lampard. <laughs> it's a Lampard homage jersey. It's Limited edition. <laughs> Buy it on eBay for a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's just duct tape. It's great. It's brilliant. They're basically That's doing brilliant. a lemonade stand type deal. <laughs> the club, okay. The club's continuing to operate under a license issued by the government, but there are significant restrictions such as on travel. The club are permitted to spend, quote unquote, you cannot make this up, reasonable costs of travel to and from fixtures, and they cannot exceed 20,000 pounds per game per team. Now, you know, to a lot of people, that's a ton of money, but I just think it's hilarious, Patrick, how they're basically on a per diem. Like when I go Mm -hmm. on production. I wonder if they get rollover, like when... Right. When they go to like a London game and they can it's just like we take spent the bus 15k drive this time. Over. Yeah, can they cuz the, the 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 big one that's like everyone's the mind is the is Champions League. Like how are they getting to Lille? Tuchel's driving the bus, baby. Yeah, there's no $20,000 planes. Oh, they might be t- just imagine they're on the you, you could take a um you're yeah, sitting you next to Jorginho. Yeah. Yeah. On, a, on an Air on an Aer Lingus flight. <laughs> Dude, no, Aer, Aer Lingus, let's say, okay, let's just put this, what do you say, 20,000? Mm-hmm. Minimum, they're bringing 25 people between, like, Kitman, Physios, <laughs> oh my God. Full Squad, right? We're talking, like, you know, they're probably taking 30 people. So, 20K, 
I got the TI-84 out right now. We're talking like six, $700 yeah. a person. So yeah. does travel expenses include hotel? Uh, Yeah, I'm sure it sure does. They're calling it for, trips. They're calling it for, trips. For flight and hotel. <laughs> they got six, $700 a person. And that's like on a very lean. They probably take like, they pro- like they probably got close to what? Like 40, 40, 50 people that kind of travel with the team all in? Or you think less than that? Uh, I don't know. I'd say. Anyway, that's too into the weeds. But it's not a lot of money for them to make those trips. They can do a bus ride, no problem. They've got a great out for not inviting Keppa to the games now. That's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. They got a lot of people they got that out for. Yeah. Sorry, Keppa. We're going to spend this last ticket on John, the accountant. <laughs> he feels more day-to-day important. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, you know, just picked out this last one because it's a real thing in a real article that I read, such as 2022. Uh, so they also had their company cards, their credit cards from Barclay Card frozen as a result of the asset, you know, the sanctions. So it's understood that temporarily um, there's no there's no flow of, of purchases from any sort of company officials. And that means... In effect, they have been left unable to buy fuel for the team bus. So if you thought they were going to drive the French Channel, you got another thing coming. Wow. And fuel price is up right now. So good luck getting a deal. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of -of out-of-pocket expenses. Do you think they could convince, like, Timo Werner to just kind of, like, spot them? I think what's going to happen is they're going to basically say... You know, here's the um, here's kind of the team like accommodations, and then you know if you want to like pay out of your own pocket for something different, you can do that. And people will do that. So right. I think they'll still have the exact same travel accommodations. I really do. Don't think it's going to be that hard for them mm-hmm. uh, in practice. I, re- I really don't think it's going to be that hard for them. But like the government's never really been involved. This is un- this is uncharted territory here, as far as I'm concerned. I'm I can't sure help but been feel government sanctions on a club before, but maybe yeah. for like during it's, an owner transition. It's so funny, Patrick. I I, you hit the nail on the head. I can't help but feel like through all of this bluster that's in these sanctions and these articles that we're reading, nothing's going to change. Yeah, I think they're going to charter a plane to France. Yeah, a hundred percent. Instead, a hundred percent hotel. And of course, the agents and the players all got paid and are continuing to, to get paid. Just imagine they can't get back though. Maybe what if what if they just like they won't they won't be able to get back. A little planes, trains, and audibles, mm-hmm. automobiles situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and audibles. Yeah. They're gonna need one. And and they're gonna need podcasts. Might I recommend Premdal Prem After Dark? <laughs> what if what if they put up a program? I'll bet you that you would have you could you could raise money. Benefit That's what concert. I would do if I was Chelsea right now. I would auction off uh, the ability to drive one player to France. And then you have all the Chelsea fans bidding for uh, the right to drive each player one-on-one yeah. over. Uh, you probably don't let them get Lukaku. That's not going to go well. You make you, you you spend the 20K to get Lukaku there on his own. <laughs> Everyone else you can put on the yeah. bus. Virtual the, auction. The, yeah. Virtual auction of all the balls in the games where Werner scored. And they're like, shit, we made 20 bucks. <laughs> Team of Werner stands just full of stuff, and everyone else has been bought. <laughs> All right, any last Poor pops? At, any last pops at Chelsea, Patrick? 
No, no. Um, actually, yeah, yeah. We're, Arsenal's coming for third. Go off, I think King. it's going to happen. Go I off, King. I think it's going to happen. Carl, Carl laughed at that suggestion. With the games in hand and a trip to Chelsea, it's in Arsenal's hand to make this happen. I so. will say, through all of this, Chelsea um, and Arsenal and Liverpool are the three hottest teams in the league. So Crazy. Just because yep. all of this has been happening with Chelsea and they did get away with one against Newcastle, by mm-hmm. God. I don't know if that's going to come up for you later. Yeah, uh, for the week contender, maybe. Mm, mm, right, right. But on the other end, I'm talking about you know, VAR and lack of intervention. But mm. Chelsea, they do have a good record through all of this. So we'll have they to do. see. Third place is not out of reach. No, no. I kind of feel like Chelsea might fall into that. Um, who was it that ended up? It was Chelsea last year that ended up finishing fourth, didn't they? Correct. In the exact same situation where they were, you know, heads down on the Champions League fight, had all but secured. They nearly lost fourth place, if you remember, um, in the last match. On the last day. Yeah. They had all but secured third and watched it slip. So with the distractions, with the Champions League, with feeling secure, I'm just saying, don't count it out. Mm -hmm. Don't count it out. No, sir. Patrick, I have it on good. Point deduction. I have it on good authority. You have a mental culture. I do, James. I do, James. This one, um, we're about 10 weeks, 10 match weeks, I should say, left in the season. So I wanted to just breeze around uh, the championship and the in the other top five leagues real quickly. Um, Fulham is clear in the championship. They'll be coming back up. And James, I'm willing to drop a little bit, leave it right now. I do not think that Fulham and Norwich City will play each other in the Premier League in the 2020s. I think they're going to oscillate <laughs> down, up, down, up, down, up. I don't think we'll ever see them play each other. Not in the Premier League, not in the 2020s. Um, you never see them in the same room at the same time. Yeah. Burnmouth and Huddersfield, tight for that second spot. But, James, some cool possible teams that could be coming back up in a playoff. Hit between um, QPR, Blackburn Rovers stand out as once um, oh, in the Premier League. Love Blackburn. With, they're going to have a chance. Looks like they're going to have a chance in the uh, in the play-in. But really, really fun end of the championship, James. Eleventh uh, place is three points off sixth, and it is only mm. uh, it's only five points off fourth. Mm-hmm. So it should be a crazy, crazy finish in the championship to get into the yeah. um, to the playoff. Uh, Derby County still a lot of work to do. Five points off safety uh, with you know not the best run of form right now. You'd love to see it. Don't know if it's going to happen. James, I know. Moving on, moving on to what I think is the most interesting of the other leagues still to play is Serie A, believe it or not. Your least favorite league, but probably the spiciest right now. A spicy mid-to-ball, if you will. Milan, three points clear of Napoli. Fair enough. Three points clear of Napoli, four of Inter, but Inter have that game in hand. So this might come down to one of the two Milan teams. Uh, Juventus probably out of the race, uh, but it's you know those are going to be your four teams in the Champions League. Fun title race between those top three. La Liga, Madrid's clear, folks. They're going to get it done. But Barcelona and Atletico seem to have turned the tide with their recent run of form, and they're going to be safely in the Champions League positions. We don't have to worry about losing the stalwarts there. Um, Sevilla going to be joining them coming forward. Bundesliga, James, can you take a wild guess for me who's running away with it? I'm going to go with Bayern, Patrick. They are. They are. Um, Dortmund, seven points off, game in hand. And they have yet to still play Bayern, so there's hope, but not really. But not really. Uh, League One, PSG, clear. What's League One? League uh, Excuse me. Thank you. Uh, Marseille, Rennes, and Nice. Is that how you say that? Nice? Yeah. I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by your standard. 
Sure, fair enough. Basically. That's what we're going by. Basically, uh, they're perfect. fighting it out there, James, for second place, which is actually the only guaranteed champions. Patrick, what's this Strasbourg team? Kick I don't the know, storm. but they're in the mix. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to learn about them until I have to, James. It's just a lot of energy right there. Um, but hopefully Willie, Willie, Willie Saliba can secure second, secure Champions League for Marseille, and then Ooh. come back and fight for a spot Ooh. with old Arsenal, James. Mm -hmm. But that's a meta culture. A little look around the world. Patrick. Next weeks to play. I'm glad you ended on League Uh. So I'll mm. use this as a sequitur to get us out of men of culture. Uh, how do you feel about PSG being like the heel of European football clubs right now, booing Neymar and Messi like they deserve better? Like they're it's, not the problem. It's, it's remarkable. It's so hateable in yeah. all the best ways. Right, right. If, if you, after that game, I didn't think you could probably make uh, more sympathetic characters out of Neymar and Messi, but the no. PSGNs have done it. They've no. done it. They've absolutely done it. Uh, it's like you yeah. you understand how good these guys were at every other club other than yours. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, not the time to uh, get into Messi's performance, but uh, apathetic in a word is what I would, <laughs> I, would, I would give it to what he's doing there. Mm -hmm. um, man, I'd love to see him back at Barcelona next year. Just get this over with. Get him back there. I know he's got yep. a two-year deal at PSG, but bring him I'm back. I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. I want PSG yeah. to suffer. And, uh, I want Messi with Xavi. Happy. Yeah. I don't care if Messi fades away into relative obscurity in terms of like, you know, how everybody's got a, you know, father time's undefeated. Uh, but do it happily at Barcelona. Right, exactly. He was always a one-club player, wasn't he? Should be. Mm -hmm. The rules are just so dumb. Mm -hmm. They couldn't resign it because like, you can't cut somebody's salary, I yeah. think, by more than 50%. Yeah. And he was like, I'll play for free. And they're like, no, you can't do that. Freak of the week, Patrick. I got Brendan Rodgers. I got hey. Brendan Rodgers on my freak for prioritizing the Europa Conference League trophy <laughs> in which they already carry a 2-0 lead over Wren over a Premier League clash with Arsenal. It's one thing to not start in Didi or Tielemans. It's another thing to not bring on Tielemans or Lookman or Iosi Perez when you're chasing a game. And you just know, you just know Brendan Rodgers wants to go down in the Leicester history books as the first manager to bring them European glory. As if people down the line in generations are going to be like, wow, Leicester won the European Cup in 2022. And then someone's the first like, ever. someone's like, well, they won a European Cup. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, the Champions League. No, not quite. Europa League? Uh, let me tell you a little something about the Europa Conference League trophy. Disgusting. James, let me ask you this. Disgusting. What, what Jail. is the... Jail. Going down the table, going down the table here, you got your Premier League table up. Tell me which team should be happy to win the Europa Conference League trophy. Tell me which team should be happy for that, going down the table. Who's the first team that you say they should be happy for that? I looked at the, I looked at the other teams in the tournament. Leicester, this might be my English bias, they strike me as the best team in that tournament. Clear. Therein lies the problem, Patrick. I think this is more of a Brighton game. You think I this think is more of like a... Holy, holy cow! Like the the season, like Sheffield United finished seventh. Patrick, so I have no barometer because it's the first season of the Europa Conference League. It has zero history. 
It's like you and I invent the prem de la prem. You and I invent the prem de la prem cup. You got to build the prestige. <laughs> you got to build the prestige and make it desirable. Oh, yeah. We're gonna we got to mail Liverpool a trophy for winning the prem de la prem cup, which is the <laughs> title without city. <laughs> <laughs> That was one of our best bits. Yeah, and I'm down to do it. That was absolutely one of our best bits. Cost. Yeah, okay, and it's shipping there. Parentheses engraved in asterisk yeah. the asterisk title. Yeah, we could just say please at Prem de la Prem upon receipt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Congrats to Liverpool for taking advantage of a global pandemic. <laughs> if we just write a passive aggressive letter, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. trophy, it would know even be better if they won the Premier League and we still sent it to them. And we give it to the title without City Trophy. <laughs> they win it this year and we give them credit for something that happened two years ago? No, we still give it to them. It's still an award. It just doesn't include City. City's not eligible. Right. So it's like, if you finish first or if you finish second with City finishing first. <laughs> it's yours. It's so good. It's so good, Patrick. Anyway, it's done. that's my freak of the week. Uh, Europa Conference League trophy is trash. Um, and I might reassess that opinion depending on where United finishes. Yeah, I think um, you don't know where it's going to stand. But if you got a shot at it, you take it. I think Leicester, it's an an accomplishment. Leicester's a club that I think have overachieved for a number of years. Why did I think this was going to be your take? Yeah, I think they've overachieved for a Uh number of years. Yep. And I think that um, it gets them a ticket into the Europa League, which they're not getting through the league. So I think it has dual value to Brendan Rodgers. And playing in the Europa League next season is probably a good chunk of change for that pragmatic club. And who knows what they're going to pull out going into next year. Uh, Wesley Fafana out all season. Vardy, Madison injured. Their league position is no no coincidence. But if they can pull this out, James, I think it would be a bit of an accomplishment. I don't think it's the bar that Brendan Rodgers would have set for himself, which I think is what your point is really saying. Is that now he's re- he's he's moving the goalpost to something to a lower standard than what you would have set out? But I still think it's an accomplishment. Should they get it, mind you, they started in the Europa League. They sure did, Patrick. Anyway, my freak of the week is Piers Morgan. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to denounce him as an Arsenal fellow fan. Arsenal. No, fellow Arsenal fan. Can I not do that? No. Nope. Can I not get one? No, you have to. You have to hold him. Actually, I hold actually. I can't wait for this to come back and bite you when there's a worse Arsenal fan out there um, who just says the most ridiculous things. Um, so okay, so fair enough. Then I won't take my one. You don't. Uh, okay, so you're not disowning peers. Do I get my one? Do I get one or do I not get one? You get one, but I'm saying there's always you know when we play Call of Duty, there's always a bigger you yeah. know understood C U C K. So. Yeah. Thank you for spelling it instead of saying it, James. <laughs> <laughs> Say it, don't spray it. Write it down. Sure. Uh, yeah, so you get one, but there could be someone worse later down the line. Mm-hmm. I just want you to well, keep that in mind. I wouldn't call him later down the line, but Osama bin Laden's also an Arsenal fan. I did see him in the stands. Well, no, that was a different play, but he he was actually an Arsenal fan. He is he is the worst Arsenal fan. So I have to, if I have to denounce one past or present, I'm going to take Osama bin Laden, and that won't change, James. I don't think I'll need to move. There's going to be no move in the goalposts there. Um, you could get a future face in one. Yeah. Okay. Um, then if I'm just looking forward, I'm alive. I'm alive denounce. only. Alive only. 
yeah, I'm happy to denounce Piers Morgan and take whatever comes my way. I okay. think he's that bad. But anyway, he's my freak of the week, James, for trying to stir up drama where there wasn't. Um, trying to trying to stir the pot in what was a beautiful separation where both parties are happy for each other in Arsenal and a Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, Aubameyang who is in uh, torrid form. Torrid is that the wrong word? No, no that's the wrong word. That's no, bad. No, that he was in torrid form at Arsenal. Yeah, what's the word I'm thinking of? He's on fire. He's doing good. Terrific. Doing real good. I think is a word. Javi's loving him. He's scoring goals. He's got vibes. He's early days of Aubameyang. Uh, and Aubameyang clapped back, thankfully, and just said, hey, some days it's good for all parties, and I won't remember the good times we had. And that's how we feel about him. You know, James, I hope to see him at the Emirates on a Tuesday or Wednesday night next year Yeah, to get a proper a proper send-off. Patrick. Uh, the proper send-off he deserves. And I, so, Piers Morgan, you've been denounced. Go get another fandom. Hmm. I got my one. Curse. So, peace. We curse on you. I think the most profound thing that's ever come out of someone's mouth, Patrick, is Gennaro Gattuso. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Mm -hmm. That's applicable to so many things in life, and Obama Young's form is just one such example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it turned to tide, and it turned to tide, and we'll we'll um, we'll recap recap that um, at the end of the season. That might be a talking point, might not be. Okay. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Understood. I'll batten down the hatches. Goal of the week, Patrick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give the on mention. My chapeau of the week, which you've come to know and love. Uh, I'm going to give it to Andy Andrei Yarmolenko, scoring for West Ham, and probably mm. one of the moments of the season, if not the goal of the week, a moment of the season. Um, you know, obviously caught up in the moment, overwhelmed by the occasion and the support that's come his way um, as a proud Ukrainian um just the fact that he was able to play a game let alone have an amazing trap and outside of the boot finish to score West Ham's winning goal um you know as much as I would like to give it my goal of the week I, I can't but he's getting my chapeau of the week so shout out Andrew uh my goal of the week Patrick you did touch on it earlier it is Kai Havertz I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid wow. I'm gonna avoid the Ronaldo goals this week I'm going to avoid the Ronaldo goals this week. That just feels like the right move for me on my journey, on my path. I'm going to give it to mm -hmm. Kai Havertz because that first touch belonged in a museum. It was pure class. And then just to pop it over a uh, helpless and hapless Martin Dubravka was, uh, was pretty amazing. And football still does the talking sometimes, Patrick. It was a nice mm -hmm. one from Havertz. It really was. It really was. We had... Um several several moment goals james you had the havertz winner um of course ronaldo's header for the hat trick big moment of course um and then and then gerhardt's uh shocking finish at, at, for leeds but james technique and class rule them all and probably my number one my number one type of goal is just an absolute screamer. So I'm going with Cristiano Ronaldo's mm, first. Number one. An absolute vintage strike from one who's got so many in the Rolodex. James, you don't have to say anything. You could just soak it in because the flick off from Fred. Fred, Fred played a part. Was absolute class. Take a touch. Um, you know, I think one of the best things about playing five at the back, James, is how you can just create this shield where nobody has to press you know, I think the, yeah. you know one of the greatest goal scorers of all time yeah. when he's clearly about to shoot. Right. Uh, but yeah, Eric Dyer did. Finish. Eric Dyer did what every defender should do, which is stand to the side and point at where the ball should go. 
Yeah, he did the absolute least. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to have my goes at um, Hugo Lloris. Tough day at the office. Not much I'm sure he could have done on any three of those goals. But brilliant finish from Ronaldo. And, I mean, it's it's one of those things I think gets a, a tip of the cap from from just about every fan, neutral, positive, against. When you put one of those in the net, James, everyone loves it. It's just a banger. And there are not many of them out there. So going mm-hmm. with him for the first one. Great great week for goals. And, of course, shout out I, Yarmolenko for a moment in and of itself. Patrick, first off, thank you for rising to the occasion and saying what I could not. Um, mm-hmm. we, we spoke about how it was built different on the last podcast and that I still engorge in social media and, and effectively ruin my brain for the long term by just soaking in negative social media because United has been so bad for a while. I forgot what it was like to digest media of both kinds, mainstream and social, when things are going well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like pure crack. So when, yeah. I had, when I had run out of like United-focused articles to read, I went and read the Spurs column <laughs> and, and their reporting. Just of for more? <laughs> their, yeah, I wanted more. I wanted more. I wasn't done. And the reporter, the athletics beat writer for Spurs, I command F'd it because I couldn't believe it. I command F'd and typed in like search find Ronaldo. He didn't put him in the article. He just talked, he just like was very berating about Spurs. And like, I feel like Conti mentioned it, that he was the story of the game. There was the reason they lost. There was the reason United won Ronaldo man on a mission. And even though the reporter didn't mention it, Every Spurs fan in the comments was like, what, do you, what can you do? What can mm-hmm. you do? T- tip of the cap. You know, one of the best to ever do it just stepped up and did it. So yeah. I think it's nice dropping a reminder every once in a while. Spurs, Spurs could have been better, but at the end of the day, they put, they put two goals in at Old Trafford, and that usually gets you, gets you something. So Yeah, one a Harry Maguire pink boot own goal. The other one, Harry Kane yeah. from the penalty spot. Yeah, really nothing, nothing for Maguire to do, but – yeah, I'm trying to think of what the I'm trying to think of what the donkey hat trick would be: a Maguire own goal, a penalty, um, a VAR reviewed goal. That's the donkey hat trick at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would have done it. That yeah. would have done it. All right. There was some VAR action, but we're not talking VAR today, Mm-mm. James. Mm-mm. Take us home. Okay. Got some fun ones, James. Got some absolute fun ones. Um, Locks of the week, James. I'm going with two teams that I'm calling must-win situations. Everton is at home to Newcastle. Newcastle, who I would say are actually clear in the relegation race right now. Oh, yeah. It's Thursday. Um, This, for me, is a must-win for Everton simply because of their remaining schedule. I'm actually forgetting it all off the top of my head, but I believe they have to play, you know, like Liverpool, City, Arsenal, United, uh, maybe Spurs. Chelsea, Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a very, very difficult road yeah. for Everton. So I'm calling this a must-win game for them, and I'm locking them to get it done. I do think Everton find a way to stay up. I want them to stay up for the record, and I've told you this, James, mm-hmm. but I want it to come down to the very last day. Okay. I want them to have to sweat every day. So you're locking, do want them to you're stay locking Everton over Newcastle? At home, because I think they absolutely need it. Okay. Uh, and I'm also doing the same Spurs play midweek uh, at Brighton, but at the weekend before our international break, James, uh, I am locking Spurs, West Ham at home. Spurs to win, minus 125, 
another must-win game okay. for them to stay in the Champions League race against a team that they're actually fighting against in that Champions League. They sure so those are. are my two, yeah. two, um, two locks of the week. Um, I got you a, a meatball. Is just is is Arsenal at two eighty against Liverpool, likely without Mo Salah midweek. I think it's worth a flyer the way Arsenal been playing at home, especially with the wow. way no uh, they Salah. lined up against. Yeah, it, it seems unlikely. That was the report today. But every time okay. we play Liverpool, it's like half their team's on the injured list and they're all in the starting lineup. So I'm not counting on Salah <laughs> to be out. But I'm saying Arsenal at home have been different gravy. Those fans have been excellent at plus 280. It's worth a flyer. And I'm riding. I'm riding with my boys. I'm not putting any sort of negativity out there, um, even though you know this is, this is the game you can lose, I think, if you're Arsenal. Love that for uh, you. I, I also like... Um, uh, Wolves at home and then Arsenal the weekend at Villa both at plus uh, one twenty one thirty um, as we'll call them we'll call them meatballs um, just because I'm not a hundred percent locked on those Wolves are hosting Leeds Villa Villa Park Arsenal have to go get a job done so fun slate before we get into the international break James so we may be uh, a week off would you say and then we'll be back to kind of set the stage for April that's right I mean Patrick we've just gone two weeks in a row feel like i need a long vacation oh my god james the international mm-hmm. break couldn't come soon enough mm-hmm. and we don't have another one after this nope this is the last one so everyone enjoy watching these international breaks i think there's gonna be some spicy qualifiers out there so there is some steak yeah there's a, there is some steak to go with this gravy this time enjoy it we will see you when you come on back to prem de la prem and we cannot wait Well said. Yeah. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life. <laughs>